you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL podcast. Ha This is the podcast right here. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm coming to you from a city filled with heroes in bunkers. Mark Sessler, Chris Wesley, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. How we doing? One of the all-time great Matt Money Smith intros right there. He's not uh, phoning in during the coronavirus. I think Good the biggest shock to me um, during this whole month, which is, you know, seeing human civilization turned on its ear, is when I found out that Money was doing a podcast with Gianna from uh, Love is Blind. Giannina. What's her name? Giannina. Giannina. I, I'm still... This is like a regular job or it was like a one It's a gig. Thing? Hey, if you can it's get Giannina. Hmm. I guess I just didn't think that money would do that. I mean, she seems, she certainly seems to uh, have plenty of free time. Just judging by, you know, kind of a, a light scan of her Instagram activity. She has no concept at all that the world is troubled um, on any level at this point. She's sort of just floating around. You know, jogging around town, posing with her like legs up against the oh, door. Oh, you're tracking and that closely what, what her from your uh, location by yourself, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, I I believe that I've shared with each with some of you. Wait, uh, you're still in the motel? Some of the discoveries. <laughs> I thought you were due out yesterday. <laughs> just for the just for the shows. No, we. I told you we re-upped for for the show. If you were to see my house, there'd be no. There's no separate room for me to go to. To do this, so I'm doing it. Uh, I'm happy for you. I think you listener. made a wise move. Law, I've also, I uh, will say that I hope to come out of this with a teacher's and with a Los Angeles County teacher certificate because 
both parental units are into hour seven or eight of homeschooling, um, and they are not effing around with the curriculum. It is hot. It's intense. Yeah, they gave us some. They gave subjects. us some, you know, suggested work packets and this and that. Let's just say we're we're going by go. our own plans. Oh, yeah. rock and roll. We'll, we'll do what we. Yeah, can. The, the boys have a one hour seminar right now. Uh, there's a mommy on the internet that uh, has her own two children, and she teaches like a preschool like class. Uh, and I'm yeah, and one of her one of her children melts down in the middle of the live stream every morning, which is kind of funny because <laughs> what's she going to do? She's on a live stream with a lot of people watching it. Um, Mark, I do love that you said that you're doing this for the audience and for the podcast, not for you at all, <laughs> not for you to be in your own place, no, no, uh, miles totally away from your family. Well, it's definitely for our for the sanity of our family too, but. Uh, it's, I'm kind of getting. Well, there you go again. You said for the sanity of your family. You take a look around. There's nothing to do. You said here. for the sanity of your family. I think there's some Mark Sessler involved with this as well. Beyond the podcast community and the family. Well, I mean, I, it's it's so. Of course, this is the direction that you will take. <laughs> but I, I believe me, this was a the best plan we could come up with for what our house is under right now. Um, it's this was a smart move. So I don't. I you know, no shame involved. This. <laughs> This is a getaway for anyone who has to do actual work. <laughs> no attempt so. at shaming. Just trying to get to the bottom of it. That's all. Well, that is the bottom of it. I mean, I don't, there's no other secret plans being had. I don't have anyone like hidden. In well, how, how much longer do you have it so. now? How Not much yet. longer do you have this, um, this residence unattached from your uh, house? Indefinite or what? Like what's going on here? Well, we found it. No, not indefinite. Because remember I mentioned that the rate of it was alarming and it's not surprising because not a lot not a lot of people are airbnb in los angeles right now so the people were kind of saying hey do you want to keep going at this place and we're like this is making sense for us and the re-up was what you would pay for basically one night in a typical la airbnb for another week so we're just we just said let's do it because it's a place to to go. And I don't think it's a bad plan, frankly. I mean, you know, you, I, if I had a garage separate where I could go, um, broadcast, it might take some of those issues away, but we just don't have that space. So I'd be basically in like Luke and Colton's room attempting to discuss how important it is that Todd Gurley landed with the Falcons on a one year, $5 million deal with, you know, waves of chaos, uh, foaming around my ears and mouth. I don't even Um, yes, Todd Gurley did find a new home quickly and we're going to get into all of the news, uh, since we last left you. And this is our sixth podcast in six days. That is an around the NFL podcast record. So, uh, give yourselves a pat on the back, Barry Horowitz style, style, ladies and gentlemen of the show. Uh, and Ricky, you can update the around the NFL podcast history book. Um, if you don't mind. (laughs) You got it. Yeah, working on it tirelessly here. During you can this. also mark this day down as the, the first time um, Emika, my wife, ever, ever slithered on the ground uh, in the background trying to get something out of this room to avoid being... <laughs> is this the first time Emika's ever heard any of the show, even if it's just your voice? It is. It is. <laughs> well, they have been complaining, uh, her and Ellis, my daughter, how loud my voice is during this, that the last thing I need is a gigantic microphone. <laughs> so we're going to go through the news, and um, we're also going to check in with where we stand now, uh, Friday afternoon, um, late afternoon on the East Coast as we're taping this uh, and check in with free agents that are still out there, teams that could you know do well to connect with these free agents that are out there. Uh, but before we do that, before we get into the news, 
Wes, I would, uh, you had mentioned that you had uh, been kind of spinning around the league a little bit. And uh, I was curious what teams you thought have gotten a lot better and a lot worse so far in the free agency process. Well, I think the teams that have lost the most, Patriots, Rams, Texans, and here's a team that we haven't really talked a whole lot about, but the te- but the Vikings have lost a lot. We saw today Everson Griffin says mm-hmm. he's not re-signing there. So Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Stefan Diggs. I mean, they're losing good players. They're losing guys who were nucleus for their team last year. So the Vikings really strike me as a team. I don't know if we're, we see them as like a division contender anymore. I don't. Well, I'm not even a contender. Mm. Not for the division title, no. I don't think they're in the Packers League, and I'm not sure they're in the Bears League. Well, it's super early. Like the Patriots, for instance, and I'm sure the Rams and Vikings look at this too, are going to be aggressive in the second phase of free agency, and that's when they often find a lot of their good players. But the Vikings especially, they've had such continuity on defense. This will look different than any Mike Zimmer team. He's going to have to prove kind of his coaching bona fides that he can take a bunch of guys that they find in the draft and turn it into what's been one of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, and I would say to um, fans out there of teams that have not been active that are perhaps freaking out on subreddits or wherever right now, uh, to hang tight. As, as a fan of a team that is, has made splashes in the first wave of free agency, the Jets, and it often blows up in their face, it's, very, it's not easy to nail these first wave signings. You're putting out a lot of money. You're bringing in a veteran that the team, in many cases, uh, the team he's leaving did not make it a priority to keep him in the building. Uh, so just because you don't hit on some of these quote-unquote big names – doesn't mean you can't do damage at all. This, this is when it really, you got to have a GM that knows what he's doing in an organization that has its crap together. So uh, hang tight. Don't panic. Don't panic in any way in the world. I think about it. A year ago, there were images of right as free agency was going crazy and people were lauding the active teams and fans of non-active teams were melting down. Images of Bill Belichick and I believe like Barbados um, <laughs> diving off a pier, kind of thick-bellied. <laughs> Um, diving off a pier into the water. And it's like he wasn't even in the office on the first day or two of free agency. So, you know, I, it's there are many ways to attack the market. Uh, my issue with the Rams a little bit, and we hit on it yesterday, but they also have burnt through draft, draft stock to a degree where they're not able just to turn to the draft and solve their issues. I, I, I'm a little hard-pressed to figure out how they're going to solve some of the vacancies. Wes, is there another team that um, jumps out to you that maybe isn't getting as much talk right now? As far as getting worse or better, either way. Yeah, some of the teams that are getting better, um, I, I think a lot of teams I can see a plan. But going beyond that, who's like who could win more games this year because they're clearly better? The Arizona Cardinals, I think, are clearly better. They've added on defense in addition to Don, DeAndre Hopkins. The Miami Dolphins, uh, I like what the Browns have done. And I think the Colts are a better team getting two impact players in Phillip Rivers and DeForest Buckner. A couple of uh, AFC West teams, Broncos and Chargers, are better, I think. Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills ready to make that move and end the Patriots' long reign atop the AFC East, maybe. We shall see. Um, All right. Now, let's do some news, gentlemen. And, yes, let's start with Todd Gurley, who we just talked about it yesterday, that it felt that like Gurley could be in a difficult situation because – the Rams cut ties with them. There are questions about that knee. But the fact that he's a free agent, I think there's a 
I think it's important distinction here. The fact that he was on the street is different than Cam Newton's situation like the Panthers. Cam Newton has a medical situation as well, but he's still attached to a team and that team wants to maybe trade him. And that mucks the whole thing up. Gurley's able to be a free agent, quickly contact any team. The Falcons interested and they sign him uh, to a one year, $5 million contract, essentially a prove it deal for Gurley to show that he can get back to uh, his former dominant ways. The deal, of course, now is contingent on the 25 year old Gurley passing his physical with the team whenever that comes. Um, so, uh, Gurley is unemployed for less than 24 hours. It's a good landing spot, Greg, isn't it? Because he's a Devontae Freeman was let go by the Falcons. This is a team that had no identity running the football uh, last year. Perhaps Gurley is in a situation where he could kind of resurrect himself. It's a perfect, well, maybe not perfect situation, but it's a better opportunity than I necessarily would have expected uh, him to get. $5.5 million guaranteed, $6 million base. That would indicate to me there was some competition for Todd Gurley because I I was surprised uh, that he's getting that kind of money right off the bat considering how he played last year. He fits what they want to do in terms of the zone, like the one-cut power scheme. I just, I don't see any reason to think that he's better than average. I think in a, in a good situation, he's going to be a decent starting running back. And that's probably the best. So much of this is unknown. And I think that starts with Todd Gurley himself. The year they went to the Super Bowl by November, he wasn't the same back. And I think he was trying to figure out how much of his knee was the same as it was a couple of weeks before the Rams have been operating in the dark. They haven't known how serious the knee injury was or to what extent it would, would affect him. And I sort of I get what Greg's saying. It's especially alarming that he was useless in the passing game last year. Beyond useless, he was terrible in the passing game. He didn't make plays. That is usually a sign that a guy is losing his ability to make people miss when that happens. On the other hand, we're going to be another, what, six, seven months removed from the last time he ran the ball. Who knows how much the knee is healing on its own in that time. I just feel like it's an acceptable risk for what they're paying him to see what he can come back as with the Falcons after giving that knee some more rest. We just don't know. I think it's a reminder that there are two or three raging stars out there today that have signed mega deals. And the way that it works with a lot of these skill position players is we have no idea where they will be two years from now. I mean, the narrative on Todd Gurley, where we are today from when he signed that extension is one of the more shocking uh, trajectories for a player in a long time. And I honestly, I'm kind of happy for the Rams that they don't have to uh, dance around answers regarding Todd Gurley anymore because I feel like it's been two off seasons in a row where there have been all these uh, kind of ridiculous, not half truths, because I think they just didn't know where Todd Gurley would be. But I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's like we all get it. He's um, on the fringe at this point, and we can only find out who he is. With the Falcons, when the games start, I don't, I won't, I don't want to hear a, a, like promising, you know, flowery reports about how great he looks in non-padded practices until we see it this time around. The money tells flowery us nothing is from, to be from no flower reports and flowery branch. <laughs> well, that that's well, you're lucky, Mark. I don't think we're going to have any non-padded practices this year. I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to have training camp even <laughs> as far away as um, yeah. Bill Barnwell, a great football writer for ESPN. He tweeted out yesterday, which, you know, is a fair point. Imagine if the Texans just kept DeAndre Hopkins and then signed Todd Gurley for $5 million. Feels like a better situation uh, than having Randall Cobb and David Johnson and giving up a second-round pick. I don't know. 
feels like a better team building scenario. You're right. But Bill O'Brien yep. doesn't want to be around DeAndre Hopkins mm. or any other good players on his team except Deshaun Watson. <laughs> There's a, every scenario that that includes taking back like the worst trade on paper we've ever seen. Uh, is a <laughs> yeah, good scenario. You could say that. Uh, in other running back news, Melvin Gordon finds a home. So 24 hours ago, one of the kind of conversations around free agency week was how quiet the running back market has been. Well, now it's starting to move. Melvin Gordon has signed a two-year $16 million deal with $13.5 million guaranteed uh, with the Denver Broncos. Rap sheet reports, uh, this is another uh, weapon with Philip Lindsay uh, back there, Royce Freeman. Uh, it's a bit of a crowded backfield and an interesting move. Gordon, uh, let's face it, at the end of the day, uh, Mark, this could not have worked out uh, too much worse. He did get a two-year deal. We were talking about he might have to play on a one-year prove-it deal. So he does get two years. He does get almost $14 million guaranteed. But he's not even walking into a situation where he's going to have guaranteed number of carries going his way like Todd Gurley has for right now. I thought it was interesting that Ian reported that Melvin Gordon, there were a couple teams interested in Melvin Gordon, and that he specifically wanted to stay in the AFC West um, it, to stick it to the Chargers, basically, that, that he wanted to stay in that division. Oh, please. I kind of love that because, oh, you know, last year could not have gone worse for Melvin Gordon. You have you stage what was one of the more ineffective holdouts of our time. Um, you come back and you aren't you kind of you, you don't fit with Austin Eckler. And I, if anything, it kind of dragged the offense down, had one of his worst seasons. I still think he could be awesome somewhere if he gets healthy if he's on a hot streak and he plays the way we've seen in the past it kind of bums me out if it if it overshadows or steals away from philip Lindsay because and i know wes loves him too i think he's one of the more electric exciting players so you got to find a way to make that work but i don't decide signing at all so i mean the broncos we're being, need we're, we're saying offense. that melvin gordon mostly almost narrowed his choices down to three other teams in the league because he wanted to get revenge on the Chargers, this isn't exactly Brett Favre leaving I, the leaving the Ian, Packers to Ian, go to the Ian. Vikings. I mean, come on now. They I, wanted to Ian. pay him last year. He didn't want their money, and he cost them games. He's the villain here. Give me a break with this that he's going to get his revenge on the Chargers. The Chargers are going <laughs> to get the revenge on him when he's sitting behind Philip Lindsay this year. <laughs> and it's amazing how quickly things change in the NFL. We've seen that several times this week. But last summer, Melvin Gordon is holding out, and now Austin Eckler gets more guaranteed money than he does. His backup got Mm. more guaranteed money. And at this time last year, the Broncos were telling us that Royce Freeman was going to take carries away from Philip Lindsay and be their number one back. It's a super volatile – there's no more volatile position in the NFL than running back. Things change so quickly uh, due to the the pay schism compared to the other elite positions in the league due to the injuries and how losing half a step seems devastating to a running back as we're seeing all over the league every year. It's just wild how much things change. I want to know how Mark – what Mark feels just like emotional – um, inside with this Melvin Gordon, you know, trying to get revenge because he's a lifelong Chargers fan, uh, according to the hat that he's he's brought broke out today. <laughs> well, I mean, I was a I was a fan of a different team, the Titans, yesterday, and it's like half the people on our show apparently have eight different favorite teams, and Greg is now a Bucks fan. So well, I, I, you know, I'm just joining the totally confusing roadmap 
of where anyone's loyalty is. <laughs> I could enjoy. I could enjoy. Uh, I could enjoy other <laughs> yeah. football teams, and I, I'll tell you what. I might be. Well, so this. am I allowed to? Am yeah, I allowed that's to? why I, I was just All wondering right, about well, the emotions. I don't, I don't understand where the question comes from. Um, mine, mine is two for good. I, uh, I, lo- I like. I love this signing, though. I mean, I know they have Philip Lindsay, but. Elway said quickly, you need two backs. And that makes sense to me. I think for what they want to do, Melvin Gordon, when he's right, I I remember, you know, thinking he was a better player than Todd Gurley as a rookie. And I wrote it and I got, and I probably took more grief like on Twitter for that opinion over the next few years after that than than anything I can remember writing because Gurley just like took off like a supernova. But I would still take Melvin Gordon over Ted Todd Gurley. Like when he's right, he's a complete back, and that's a great backfield. I would take Ted Gurley over Todd Wes, Gurley. I know at this you point. don't buy the <laughs> Wes. I know you don't buy that that Melvin Gordon um, is a functionally good person on any level at this point. But like, wouldn't it be better to Sessler go to back the Rams in the corner? Want to stick it to the Chargers? <laughs> No, I would say go to the Rams. That was Ian's report. I didn't bake that out of <clears throat> nowhere. But like, I'd say go to the Rams, replace Todd Gurley. There's really not there's there is competition there as well with Henderson. But like, you thrive in LA with the other, other LA's other team. That's revenge. Denver, who's going to be paying attention up there? <laughs> we live at a time, Mark, where when you make mistakes, you keep double down. You keep doubling down on them according to the leaders in this country, because you can't ever be found out. And Melvin Gordon is a good person who made a mistake last year, and he keeps doubling down on it because he doesn't want to admit that he made a mistake and cost his team games. And it's also 2020, and the idea, not to to hammer this point any further, but the idea that you have to stay in the division to get your revenge, everyone sees every every player in every game now. It's not like if you leave the region or leave the time zone uh, or leave the TV market. People can't keep up with you and decide whether or not you were worthy of the deal you thought you were worth. Uh, good luck to Melvin Gordon. Get, get get back on track, buddy. But uh, come on, let it go. I mean, something something tells me the Broncos offered the most money to him and most likely to that team. And then it's just a funny right. thing that fun thing that an agent tells a reporter. Uh, in other news, Tom Brady officially a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He has signed a two year. $50 million contract and includes another $9 million available in incentives, so it can get up to $59 million. No trade clause, 20-year veteran uh, getting that much guaranteed money, a no trade clause, a multiple-year contract. It is unprecedented. And according to Roto World, only Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, and Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, um, will uh, take up more of their team's cap uh, at quarterback under center. So Tom Brady finally paid like a superstar, super duper star. He gets the money. Turns out that the Patriots never even made an offer for Tom Brady, which is somewhat notable. Mike Giardi uh, had this uh, report and Giardi has been a good job, done a good job. He's been pretty plugged in, clearly has a, uh, has the ear of Robert Kraft. Here's what Giardi's report was today. When I spoke to Robert Kraft, he made this analogy about Tom Brady's departure. Here's the quote. Think about loving your wife and for whatever reason, there's something, her father or mother, that makes life impossible for you. And you have to move on, but you know you don't want to. Hubba hubba. Now, with that said, Ricky, let's do a little bit of an investigation here of who Robert Kraft could be alluding to. Could it be Bill Belichick, head coach of the New England Patriots? Noted butter of heads 
with Tom Brady. Focus of drama in the Seth Wickersham piece. Could it be Don Yee, the sports agent, Tom Brady's agent? Could it be Alex Guerrero, Argentine alternative medicine practitioner and alkaline diet advocate, personal trainer of Tom Brady and the source of much, much consternation on the Patriot way? Could it be Giselle, Brazilian model, activist, author, actress, businesswoman, wife of Tom Brady, and the woman with the eternal quote, my husband cannot effing throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time? Who is Robert Kraft talking about? Wait, can I go with another option? Sure. I'm going to go G, a clumsy analogy that made no sense. It's just like word soup. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Carry that water. Oh, I'm not a Patriots fan it's anymore, but you are defending they, it's, this it's, organization it's at every turn. It's quite the opposite. I'm I'm saying that the, the less said... Uh, the better, I would say, considering some of some of the quotes coming up. I'm just saying it, <laughs> it it's such a tortured uh, analogy. There's a chance it means absolutely nothing. I know you want it to mean absolutely nothing, but perhaps up. it doesn't mean absolutely nothing, Greg. Perhaps some things mean something. I thought he was just calling Bill Belichick a mother-in-law. <laughs> right. That that would be good. Tell me what I that mean, means, uh, Greg. Tell what? tell me how that's just word soup or word salad. And that's not something that's pointed and he's referring to someone in particular. Because he's if you've looked at the quotes in the last few days, he's clearly in in his feelings, you know, and he's just sort of like, <laughs> I don't know, lashing out, basically, like the other the other quotes were that he that was that Tom Brady made the choice to, to leave. Like, I don't basically I don't find it like a overly credible source. What do you mean? Robert Kraft? His quote directly to Mike Giardi. I'm. I can't. I'm not making sense of your defense of this situation here. The, it, it, this is not a defense. I'm trying to, you know, walk a tightrope <laughs> here. I'm just saying I, I'm not too worried about his quote. I guess I, I would say like that. It has any meaning in the greater. Uh, world. Anybody else have a thought on this? I mean, Dan. Yes. I think if, it, if it's Robert Guerrero, the the TB12 and fitness guru. Um, he is Alex? going to be found underneath the mass turnpike because if he's the reason that Tom Brady is no longer with the Patriots, that's not going to sit well with an angry um, contingent of people in that state. I didn't. I, I mean, maybe it was the, a somewhat clumsy quote, but it's to me, and, and maybe I tilt in the other direction than Greg does on this. Robert Kraft seems to be pointing the finger at someone, and he's not pointing it at himself. And to me, it's Bill Belichick or bust. Uh, but that's right, but he also ideas. pointed the finger at he pointed the finger at Tom Brady specifically a day or two ago, which was probably like the least classy thing that went on in this entire um, after effect. So that would be the the opposite. Of that yeah, logic would say, of course, Belichick didn't want him. They didn't offer him a contract. I think one one thing I would note um, on you mentioning he finally gets that big time quarterback money. This wasn't that good of a contract. He made this money last year. He made this money on his previous. Extension. The fact he got two years is pretty interesting, but the fact that it, he's making five million dollars less than Ryan Tannehill this year, 
um, I found interesting. Every report said he had $30 million at least per year that the Patriots were offering it uh, a month or two ago. And those reports turned out to be total agent generated garbage. How, did, how right? does go ahead, Wes? What? He's making 25 a year. That's what he made last this year. This guy has. This guy has habitually taken less money. I mean, why would I think that he tried to get as much money as he possibly could? Here's why. Because because the reports literally two days ago said his he told both teams he would only, you know, he wanted to start the negotiations at $30 million guaranteed per year and that the Chargers and the Bucks were in immediately off of that. But that isn't ultimately that's not what he got. Be- I just... I don't believe that he tried to get as much money as possible. It's not what he's done in the past, and I know you've tried to frame it other ways, but he could get more money, and he's never he's never tried to get more money. He's never said, I want this to be purely about the money. I think he understands how team building works. I also read that he, uh, the Patriots, did not, as I said, did not make a, any type of offer to him, and the Patriots said Tom Brady never came to us. The Patriots not even engaging with him on this. That's interesting to me as well. And if he wanted sixty million and he got fifty with a uh, with a chance to get up to fifty nine uh, with another team, the, it sounded like the Patriots are never going to play ball with him if they never got involved in any uh, no. tangible discussion with him. I think that's right. I think they Belichick most likely played it in such a way that Brady had no other choice but to leave, and that he. Probably had the feeling that Brady wanted to leave to begin with, but either way, they were ready to move on. I, I agree. All right, with that. last thing. I'm just going to go through. I'm going to parse it one more time, Greg. So think about loving your wife, and for whatever reason, there's something right. her father or mother. So in this analogy, Kraft is the husband, the wife is Brady. Okay, there's something, and there's an outside figure, the father or mother, someone close to the to the wife, that makes it impossible for you, uh, and you have to move on, but you don't want to. I don't see how he's not pointing the finger at someone. I, and if it's if it's Belichick, he, that would be wild. I guess my point is, he pointed the finger at Brady two days ago, which which was really surprising to me. And maybe I, like why are why are you still hmm. talking about this? If you're if you're dealing. all right, let us. Well, because it's the biggest NFL story in, in ten years. That's why. Well, but here's I mean, the thing: is, is everyone supposed was to go literally silent? Uh. Sure. If 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 the other option is that he literally was calling Stephen A. Smith during ad breaks because he didn't like what they were saying on the air. And then he's kind of taking away the work that they put in with the the state public statements that they're reaching and then deciding to point the finger at Tom Brady to to an ESPN analyst so that he can then relay that you're pointing a finger. And now there's another finger being pointed. It's a little, there's a middle finger being pointed. And Kraft has always been willing to talk to the media at length. And I think he wanted to make it clear to everyone I am not the reason. Well, you, whether it's Brady and whether it's he's throwing some shade at Brady, he also said some very nice things about Tom Brady. And whether he's throwing shade at person X, which is Belichick, probably he's making it clear to everyone in Boston, I'm not the reason. Right, which and is I think goes back to Wes's, which is, goes back to Wes's point, and the reason why this part frustrates me more than anything to deal with the the Brady divorce. It's a total lack of responsibility. You know, it's the person at the top choosing to point fingers instead of accepting that like hey this happened i'm in charge i share the responsibility and probably the best thing to do is to be like my quarterback and coach who would never that's fair what he if they never made the offer 
if Brady uh, and the team hit an impasse and Brady said, I'm going to go paid elsewhere if you're not going to be aggressive, when it's all d- said and done, the owner should just take ownership and say, we decided to go in a different direction. Because when you do this, you have jabronis like me and everybody else out there that are now going to parse your quote and wonder if there's a schism here with Belichick. And that's what, you know, going back three or four years ago, that Wickersham piece for ESPN Everyone always wondered uh, whether Belichick and Brady could survive as, uh, you know, a pairing in terms of their egos and relationship. And this just kind of throws kerosene on it, quite honestly. And I I think it's going to continue to be a story because as good as the Patriot way is with keeping things off the books, I think this is one that leaks and will continue to leak. Just because, like Mark said, it is one of the biggest NFL stories in a very long time. I think uh, you're absolutely right, but it's. It's also it's supported in basically every report around Brady how eager he was to have a different type of voice in his head like that like the people that seem closest to Brady uh, keep reporting how he wanted to be treated like an adult I think the Aryan style of coaching like he just was sick of that which is very natural after twenty years that he was sick of uh, of that type of coaching he didn't want to go back like competing with Jarrett Stidham. You're totally right. And I would go look at Tom Brady's Instagram post from today where he talks about, I think with excitement, about starting over, calling it year one and how it's his responsibility to win over that locker room and win over his coaches and show them from a a day-to-day process the way he did in New England that he arrives with nothing. He just has to show it. And Brady to me sounds like refreshed and happy, like he's the one that got out of this marriage he wasn't happy about. I like that Chris Godwin is not guaranteeing that he's given the number 12 away. Either. Well, that's bargaining. He was saying like he can't wait for it to play with Todd Brady and he's texted with him and everything. But he was also like, well, it hasn't really come up. But, you know, I kind of want to. We should all wish to have time. such, yeah, such leverage in negotiations that Chris Godwin has right now. You know, uh, let's stay on the topic of dramatic situations involving head coaches and players. Uh, this story, and I read it in ESPN, um, Michael Rothstein had it. Uh, Darius Slay, who, of course, was traded by the Lions to the Eagles, who then gave him a new contract, a big piece added to the Eagles secondary this week. Slay spoke out about um, issues with Matt Patricia uh, that uh, he didn't see, quote, eye to eye a lot um, with one person in the organization. It was Matt Patricia. And he cited two specific instances One uh, where Slay returned from working out with a a collection of star cornerbacks. And when he met with uh, Patricia shortly after that, Patricia made sure to tell him that he wasn't in the class of these cornerbacks. Richard Sherman, Aqib Tlaib, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, He told him that he wasn't, quote, elite. That's some straight out of the uh, Greg Williams uh, uh, book of coaching. Um, And then uh, the big incident uh, involved Slay posting something on social media about a wide receiver that he had been practicing with that had some success against him in the practice. And uh, I guess Slay posted some type of positive um, message with a picture of that wide receiver. And Patricia went off on him in a team meeting and said something very uh, beyond the pale uh, to put, put it softly, you know, don't suck up uh, to an opponent uh, or another guy like this. You've got to be tough. Uh, and but much more uh, coarse than that in terms of the language. And that led to a total breakdown and Slay saying, 
I almost, you know, I had to be restrained, but I kept my cool, but he could never look at him with any respect after that. Matt Patricia is a major problem with the Lions, I think. And this is just another example to me of a situation where they have to get out of this sooner rather than later. It's just another example of a Belichick disciple leaving New England, coming to a new place, and without really establishing any kind of respect, without earning respect, has started acting like a jerk to his players. And we've seen this with Eric Mangini, with Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien. You're not Bill Belichick. You can't act like him. Act like yourself. And I'm a little confused also at Darius Slay. His offense at this was more about his manhood being questioned than the fact of sexual sexual orientation in general being besmirched. I just like the whole thing. I, I mean, he comes from a different place than us, a different background. And, and it's a level of uh, manhood challenging that I think Slay um, – took offense to. I mean, that's how he, he saw it. It wasn't so much a challenge of, of his orientation. Well, get over it then. If it's only about te- challenging your manhood, then get over it. If it's about something deeper, yeah. then I understand. And this is Slay's quote. Right there, after that, that's when all my respect went out the door for him as a man. So, you know, Patricia is entering year three. The Lions, you know, it seemed very, it seemed like a, a coin flip whether he would stick around. They decided... Uh, to keep Patricia in the building and he's going to need results this year because I think he is going to be when, when I put out the hot butt rankings later this August, hopefully Patricia is going to be right at the top of the list with uh, Doug Marone. He's got to be right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in a best case scenario, maybe he's just like um, one of those people who tries to be funny and sarcastic, but then everyone around them just thinks like they're. That's, that was another quote in it that his sense of humor does not <laughs> click with the players. Tough sitch, as they say, uh, for Matt Patricia. In other free agency news, Eric Ebron has a job. The former uh, Lions and Colts tight end signs a two year, $12 million deal uh, with the Steelers. He's only 26. He's a first-round pick a long time ago, it feels like, but he's still just 26. He had that breakout season with Andrew Luck and the Colts a couple of years ago, 13 touchdown catches, I believe. Uh, but he did not make an impact last year, was banged up, and had a very disappointing run in Detroit overall. Steelers hoping to get something out of him. This comes at the same day that Ben Roethlisberger, uh, in a report, is saying that he feels great. He hasn't thrown with, without pain like this in a long time. So that was certainly welcome news on the Steelers' front as well. One well, Ben Roethlisberger also has been, you know, preparing, I think, for the end of days in this pandemic, you know, for a long time based on based on how he looks. <laughs> so he's ready. <laughs> I like that Ebron signing The Steelers have been trying to fill that <clears throat> Heath Miller hole every year. And Ebron's only what a year removed from that 13 or 14 touchdown season. I saw somebody comparing his numbers last year to Jimmy Graham's numbers. And give me a break with that nonsense. Watch the film. Get out of the stat book for a second. Ebron can still make plays. He can still box out and jump over people in the end zone. Jimmy Graham's not doing that anymore. Bad dog. dog. Uh, Andrews P uh, gets a big deal from the Saints. He sticks around a five-year, $57.5 million contract. Uh, No player at his position has gotten this kind of money um, in free agency. That's $33 million guaranteed at signing. Number 13 overall pick. Uh, Greg, were you surprised to see Andrews Pete get this type of guap from his team? I, I was shocked, and uh, I wanted to put this in the rundown just to just to mention uh, Saints 
Twitter just being a gaff. <laughs> this is the worst thing that's ever happened. All they'd like to do is make fun of Andrews Pete every day. My guy, uh, that boy Wolf. I mean, all, they, uh, they were Wolf. just hoping. I think they all unfollowed Andrews Pete, just hoping he was leaving for another team. And then they bring him back and give him a ton of money. He, he was like well, the biggest reason they lost that game against the Vikings. Your boy, Wait, that boy Wolf, Saints fans tweeted the un- Bengals <laughs> asking if they would accept him as a fan now. <laughs> Wait, so the Saints, it, they unfollowed Andrews Pete well. in mass? Is that true? Well, I don't know about that. That's kind of a, a, a going bit that, again, I mean, that boy Wolf is getting that boy Wolf popular, killing it right but now. He, every time one of their bad player, one of their players goes to another team, he just like, quote, retweets it and with all caps unfollowed. And so I don't know. <laughs> they, they just peep, they, they just hate them some Andrews Pete. And then so this contract, I think, threw them for a loop. Hey, Ryan. I haven't seen hate like this from Saints Twitter since Kirk Coleman. Hey, Ryan, a.k.a. that boy Wolf. You're having a moment. Man, I know things are tough right now, and uh, we're all getting through it the best we can. But just know, you're having a moment, and we see it. Maybe it gets overlooked in the big picture, but you're having a wolf. You're having a wolfy moment here. Moving on, let's get into it. That's what's happening in the news. There's your rundown. Um, we talked about it. Um, we wanted to go through players that are still out there. And are, uh, you know, could be a, a nice pickup in the second wave of free agency. We'll start right here and we could go uh, through the list, but we'll start right here. Mike Giardi, our own Mike Giardi, reports that the Patriots are, quote, unlikely to target free agent quarterback Jameis Winston. So if Giardi's uh, reporting is accurate and it has been to this date uh, in Patriots related matters, uh, you could cross off another potential starting job for Jameis Winston. Uh, let's talk about Winston a little bit. Do you think we're reaching the point where uh, the man coming off the 33 touchdown, 5,000 yard season, also 30 interceptions, is going to be holding a clipboard uh, in week one, barring some type of unforeseen circumstances? I think we're getting closer and closer to that. I mean, no one was rushing out for Jameis Winston. I still see a few landing spots out there where if he got into training camp, uh, the current quarterback in question could be unseated because I think Jamie, I would say Jacksonville would be somewhere where if that team kind of melts um, and Jameis Winston were at, at the backup quarterback spot behind Gardner Minshew, that he could easily be starting by week five or six. I feel the same way if Andy Dalton went to Jacksonville. Right. They hired Jay Gruden who drafted Andy Dalton with the Bengals. Um, That was clearly Mike Brown wanted Kaepernick and, Jay Gruden wanted Dalton. I could see definitely the Jaguars getting Dalton. I, I don't see Jay Gruden going for Jameis. Though. But Dalton makes a ton here. of sense there. I just but there aren't a lot of spots where Winston, if he goes, is going to like be seen as a starter. I can't find no, anywhere. He, for he's him. not going to be a starter week one. Probably his best chance to play would be Washington if they kind of take him as the. Um, if Dwayne Haskins struggles, let's play Jameis Winston guy, which just feels like a Washington move. I can very much imagine Jameis Winston struggling on the Redskins. I don't think it'd be a good move for for Jameis Winston, but I I just don't. 
see him having options. I was wondering if the Patriots might be interested, but it it's crazy. Well, there, all right, here's another here's another option potentially. The Chargers are out there now. We're, everyone's connecting them to taking a quarterback. Which, if that's the case, if they're set on that, they're not going to go near Winston because they already have a sil- a solid backup in Tyron Ta- Tyron Taylor. Um, and I and I'm trying to think where else would he. I'm talking about anywhere where he would have any chance to be the week one starter. I think Jacksonville, Washington, Washington. perhaps, uh, Jacksonville, perhaps, um, L.A., perhaps. But we're running out of options, and that goes for, you know, Andy Dalton, of course, as well, and Cam Newton. Not logical. I went through his former offensive coordinators. I went through his former quarterbacks coaches. None of these guys are even in the NFL anymore. I, I don't see a fit. They I don't like him anyways, it teams. seems like. Yeah, I, I don't see anywhere for Jameis. Like, I don't even know where he's going to go to be a pure maybe backup. Maybe Denver. Denver, I thought, maybe if, if Elway, you know, just wanted to bet on some talent as a guy to put behind Locke. And it is another reminder in football, running back is the most volatile of these positions, it seems. But quarterback is right there, too, because it was only a couple summers ago on Hard Knocks. Uh, that Jameis Winston was the darling of Tampa Bay and he was up at 5 a.m. listening to affirmative uh, words of affirmation, those uh, audio books, and the whole building was just obsessed with him, seeing him as their past, their present, and their future. And now he's in a position where he's going to have to basically rebuild his career from scratch and everyone is saying how shocking it is because he is had the 30 plus touchdowns, the 5,000 yards passing. But I think the book on him got so thick over the years and years of um, careless play that it just poisoned him on this market. I mean, I, there's no other way to look at it. I mean, it just he basically has to remake his entire game. And I don't know if that's possible. It certainly didn't look like he had that ability in five years in Tampa. I mean, they, they anybody want to throw out? Yeah, with well, I was to say with Jameis Winston throwing inter- intercepts, thirty interceptions, they lost like five or six games by one score, and he threw seven pick sixes. I, I, if can you ever imagine him on New England with when Bill Belichick benches a running back who will, if he fumbles, up by twenty five points in the third quarter? So it's like I can't think of a worse marriage than a team that is obsessed with flawless football you need to find someone that's looking for a gunslinger and maybe just banking on talent and i just don't to wes's point i don't no see where that landing spot is oh okay no way. Denver. Now, the more i think okay. it, it really does okay. feel like I can because see what if true lock is just not okay. much by week four then you have they need, a viable they need something else well, there you have a person behind him i don't know about viable you know jonah gray um was that his name He's still chained to a radiator somewhere. Jonas, yeah. Uh, He had a 200-yard, four-touchdown game on Sunday Night Football, and then his iPhone didn't go off, and Belichick basically ruined his career for it. So, yeah, it is what it is with Bill sometimes. Bill's Bill. Yeah. I I mean, if Jonas Gray was meant to be the next Earl Campbell, it would have happened. Anybody, uh, Wes, you want to throw one out there? Throw out a, a, a player that's still a free agent right now as of Friday late afternoon. And perhaps a fit. Well, this guy is not like a household name, but he he's a very good starting safety. Von Bell from the Saints. Uh, they signed to Malcolm Jenkins, appears to have taken his place. So he's probably not going back to New Orleans. But I see all that, you know, the reports that all these guys are interested in going to Tampa Bay and playing with Tom Brady. I don't know if Evan Bame is really moving the needle on that front. 
but uh, or Joe Hag, I guess, is the guy they signed. Joe yes. Hag, Colts backup lineman. Um, but Von Bell, they have a need at safety, could be a fit there. And and I think the Bears are another team after losing Haha Clinton Dix that they could pair him with Eddie Jackson. I would love to. I like Von I would Bell love to see. He's, he's one of our highest ranked players. I would love to know what the market is now. Uh, for Jadavian Clowney, I would like to know what where his price tag is at because at the right price, if he is not being paid as one of the most, uh, you know, if he's not valued uh, by the league as amongst the highest paid players in the league on defenses, which what he wants it to be, um, if that price tag comes down, he makes sense for a ton of teams. I mean, uh, you can name fifteen, twenty teams that could use a guy like him uh, that could at times dominate from the edge. So I'm not going to even attach him to one team, but I'm just curious if his market is coming down and he's not going to get the money he wanted. I think it was what, 20 million annually. Uh, if, if any number of teams should maybe check in, even if he initial, initially wasn't on the list because they thought he'd be too rich. Well, the Seahawks well, reportedly a, the have a multi-year. And he had interest in the giants. That's one. Hmm. If the price gets down to the certain place, New York giants, the Seahawks reportedly had a multi-year offer on the table that he didn't like. So maybe it was like a three-year, 17 a year. Or he might have to take a one-year contract for more, you know, per-year money uh, that are parents. You know, Wes, this would be another example for the GM app. Oh, yeah. I don't know how that would work, actually. Maybe there is some type of moderator. All right, I got it. So we, as a moderator... As a, yeah, as a moderator, you, you have the intel. You know what the offer is. And then you kind of drop it in there as at the top of the thread, like top thread. Hey, Jadavian Clowney right now, uh, it's four years, 48 million. Uh, who, who can beat it? And then that could basically juice the market and everybody gets a chance to look at it and decide whether to play ball. Well, I see this as an opportunity to expand. It's like from the developers of the GM app, we present the Ooh. free agent app. Shop Ooh. yourself around the league. So it allows you to use the GM app as a free agent. Isn't that basically what a what an agent is being hired to do? We're we're changing <laughs> isn't, everything. Isn't that what the GM is hired to do? So you're killing like six hundred jobs, basically. I mean, they're agents. Well, the app handles that. That's what all apps do. They kill jobs. <laughs> My other question with the app is: Aren't front offices? Aren't one of the main tenants of an NFL front office to not share information? With anyone else, and this this does the. I guess the point. I guess the one of the points. You know, this is a new tech. Right, it's twenty twenty. The world is upside down. Maybe it's time to take a look. Like it's like how Los Angeles is used as an example, with everyone off the roads for the most part, uh, industry at a standstill. We have never had better air quality. Uh, You have to go back, you know, hundreds of years to match the air quality we have right now. Sixteen forty. And guess what? 1640, bro. And guess what? Uh, nobody would have even known that if, if this didn't happen. And, and, and now we have a chance to do something similar in this realm where no one ever thought that things needed to change or what could happen if you did change. Excellent. And now here we are. Here we are standing at the at the doorstep of history. Are we going to walk in, Mark? Or are you going to just stay on the outside? You make the decision. All right. At the same time, like every eatery, bistro, bar, <laughs> public place is closed. So, I mean, the trade off, we have some nice air. And that's that's <laughs> nothing a to do with it. People are dying. Go anywhere. You can't talk to anyone. 
You can go on hikes, though. I feel like people, you can go on walks. You can go exercise. People people taking this stay inside thing a little too much. They, they're saying, go get outside. Ricky, you are... Ones. You know? Well, you've got to figure it out, Craig. I mean, we could we could have gone hiking before too, though. So it's like you know, hike now. Hike <laughs> well, now before. we have. I mean, now we have Ricky, the you're a glorious social butterfly in the prime of her youth. Um, with that, there has been some buzz out there. I think Lakeisha Jackson Wessling had had thrown it out there as a possibility of some type of um, happy hour, like a everybody gets on a Google Hangout type situation. Uh, and cracks a few and gets loose. Is that something that you maybe can spearhead because you are very good at these things? Yeah, definitely. I'm actually, it's with some of my best friends from home. We're doing a a virtual happy hour at five o'clock Pacific because it's eight o'clock there. Um, So we'll have to schedule ours a little bit later for me to be able to jump in. But yeah, I can, I can spearhead that. I guess Mm -hmm. I'll plan on being virtually happy. (laughs) I haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, Wes has said that he hasn't had a drink since this started. I have not had a drink in 45 hours about, and I'm feeling like it's time to treat myself. Mr. Jones, 45 hours. You were in, you were in hot water. It sounded like on Wednesday or so. So this is, (laughs) this is a positive update. It's time to get I loose. I have completely get get loose. destroyed my body. My body is destroyed. It's dead. It's done. It's a wrap. It's just like there's no coming out like of this. Like I try to do workout videos and, and I've been going up for walks, but then I just totally destroy every bit of progress that I make. What would you say you're ingesting? Just like way too much booze, way too much booze. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You know. I don't think so. <laughs> so, like, I drank a little bleach. Oh my there God. you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to check in on this uh, deflated wide receiver market. Connor Hughes does great work for the Athletic covering the Jets. He reported today that it is, quote, radio silence on the Robbie Anderson market, which, you know, speaking of uh, the bill come and do, the bill came due on Jameis Winston, all those mistakes. Uh, and now he can't get a job and he's in a, in a tough spot. Robbie Anderson, even though he kept his nose clean this past year, the fact that he's not, you know, he, he's not exactly a polished uh, wide receiver, uh, despite having great speed and playmaking ability. The fact that he, he was a knucklehead off the field and has had multiple issues in the past. When you combine those things, teams aren't, aren't, aren't looking at him, it seems, in a way where they want to pay him or or. Maybe this all the reports out there that he wanted fifteen million a year um, is scaring teams off, and it's time for his price tag to come down. That's it. Now it's probably actually it's probably maybe a little bit of both, but probably more than money. I think a very I very strongly that the the Jets should get Robbie Anderson and keep him in the building. I've said that multiple times, but I want to throw another team out there. What what are the Packers doing? Uh, we love our boy, uh, the big German. What's his, this is your corner. What's his name again? What's his, Goody. 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 Let's listen to that, uh, Ricky. Um, we love Goody, and he did a great job or greatish job rebuilding the defense last year. But it, it has been pretty. Packers need more weapons for Rodgers. It's Dan's corner. It's, been, it's his offseason. And you know what? It's been pretty quiet. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Emmanuel Sanders is out there, too, still. Uh, Robbie Anderson is out there. Rashad Perryman. Rashad Perryman, which, all right. But uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins. No, I'm just saying nobody's signing wide receivers because of this draft class coming in, probably. Okay. So uh, if that's going to be the route the Packers go, great. Uh, but how about Goody? I'm going to put a challenge out to Goody. Pick up the phone. 
And just make sure there's no other DeAndre Hopkins situations out there in the league. Get on the GM app and say, hey, anybody else looking to unload a franchise wide receiver for reasons unknown? I need one uh, because Hopkins would have been an amazing fit across from Devontae Adams in Green Bay. People would have been going nuts about that. Is A.J. Green, who's been franchised by the, the Bengals, are we sure? Are, is, is, is the football world absolutely certain that if you made a phone call to Mike Brown or whomever in that building that you couldn't maybe get A.J. Brown, AJ Green in a, in a sign and trade thing? Kick some tires, Goody. Uh, don't go all in on the draft class. Uh, that's that's one thing that stands out to me. There are whispers out there, and I'm not. I get that they're not coming from the Associated Press at this point, but there are whispers, <laughs> and this is how the, the Odell Beckham trade started in Cleveland initially. Cecil always on the defense. I don't know and why. There are whispers that no, but there, there are whispers that he is potentially available, and I and there I'm just throwing that out there. Who? We'll talk in a week and see if any, who's he. What do you mean who? Who are you? Who is he? Odell Beckham. Available? Odell Beckham. Okay. In Cleveland. That that's been talked about forever. That it's just it's not that they're trying to move him, that they're desperately trying to move him. It's not a Bill O'Brien situation at all, but that they are listening to that. And I still think if I if I'm Green Bay, I would rather get someone like Emmanuel Sanders than Robbie Anderson um, on a short term deal. Uh, but the Packers notoriously last offseason were singing Dixie about how excited they were about their young guys. And I thought the season played out to show that they shouldn't have been. And are they doubling down just because that's how they felt a year ago? I doubt it. I I agree with you, Dan. They need to add weapons. But it's a good wide Odell Beckham, how crushed is Odell Beckham that the uh, Browns' new uniform fashion show is canceled? I mean, that's been the thing that he's had circled on his calendar for decades, potentially. He's going to lose that. How do we know it's canceled? (laughs) I don't know if it's going to happen. I uh, do that virtually. I, <laughs> I I think with Robbie Anderson, his, I'm glad you mentioned the money. Like as a younger person, I used to think oh, you might as well just ask for as much money as you possibly can. Like it couldn't possibly hurt. But I think like in it's sometimes it can't it it can mm-hmm. hurt. But in Robbie Anderson's case, it's like yeah, like it, he throws that money out. And everyone's just like, okay, forget about Robbie Oh, Anderson. by the way, like, Jameis no Winston one, did the same thing as soon as the season ended, thought he was a $100 million right. quarterback. Right, exactly. And we had reports on our network saying they were going to franchise him and that he wanted more money than that. And sometimes, like, that can cool the market on a guy like Robbie Anderson, who I, who I, who I think will still get a decent contract, but it just where there's no interest. I'm going to make a, a, a match, by the way, while we're talking receivers. Manny Sanders to the Cowboys. There's this perception that the Cowboys don't have cap space. They got plenty of cap space right now. I, I would love to see a little Manny Sanders uh, between Gallup and uh, Amari Cooper and fly. Like, let's, let's win now, Cowboys. Yeah, that Cowboys cap apocalypse probably doesn't hit for another two years or so. Well, there's an update on this. As we went to air, ESPN's Todd Archer said, based on multiple conversations I've had with Cowboys folks, I'd be stunned if Manny Sanders ends up there. Hmm. But that was in the air for a day or two. I still like the Ravens as a landing spot for him. I just think that he is a perfect teammate. He fills a perfect need for them at a Super Bowl open window scenario that I think he wants to. That matters to him right now. And, you know, they don't have a ton of cash necessarily, but with what they've done on their defense, like the Ravens are one of those teams that I think that have helped themselves a lot. And I do see a need for wide receiver and Manny Sanders would be. How about the Niners? How about the Niners find a way to keep him in the building? He was a great pickup for them. The only reason he faded at the end is he was hurt. 
Sounds like that's possible. I would love to like give some cool players, especially Cam Newton, to the Patriots. Uh, but the Patriots have zero cap room right now. So I'm curious what they are going to do about that. Because they have some big moves, I think, yet to make. Maybe it's still restructuring, and you just go with Stidham, and this is what they're doing. But knowing Belichick, it feels like there's something big coming to clear some of that space out so that they can get flexible and do something. Maybe they're just going to go to camp with Stidham, but but Cam Newton would be a lot more fun. What about like a direct snap offense where you use uh, Joe Tooney as an all-purpose fullback who the center is direct snapping to and he gets six to 700 touches this year for 780 yards? They are bringing in Danny Vitale, the fullback from the Packers. Like that's been go. the Patriots' big move. You could go double fullback. How does just from a mechanical point of view more than a realistic uh, possibility – the first round tender given to your boy uh, Taysom Hill. How does that work? So if you if you sign him to an offer sheet that the Saints fail to match, you have to give up your first round pick. Exactly. But you could work out a trade, and that's happened plenty. So in theory, if the Patriots wanted to offer a second round pick for Taysom Hill, you know the Saints could still agree to take it if they wanted to. Maybe catch Sean Payton while he's not feeling 100% and snatch Taysom Hill away. Cold-blooded. <laughs> what I'm just saying, you know, it's like he's he's probably not total head in the game right now. You could maybe... Feels like Belichick would go there. I think he would. Doesn't sound like a very nice man. Sessler's like, like, like the Tom Hanks friend who's trying to like take advantage of him during his time of need take take some money hey can i go stay at your house in la you're in, you're in australia i don't put it past bill like sending a package or something to sean payton and that's how this all started and it was all part of a long What's play in that package well you can figure yeah it out. i agree i think they need to ch- they're going to change some uh players that i don't know the, the cap thing with them is interesting i just feel like they have like maybe it's julian edelman how about that little julian fedex edelman covid payton. style ricky holler yeah, seriously. What is Erica laughing at? Because Dan story? was like, I think Bill Belichick literally sent a package to Sean Payton, and this is how that whole start, this whole thing started. And Greg's like, Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like he didn't even hear, and it was, well, it was just funny. It it does show how much our world's changed. Six days ago, Sean Payton was in a packed shoulder to shoulder infield of a horse racing competition in which he owned some horses and he was doing interviews about how free agency was going to get delayed. That was six days ago. And he was surrounded by like a thousand sure that people at well. that point. Interesting times. Yikes. Think about the horses. Any, uh, anybody else want to throw out one before we uh, sign off for the weekend? This sounds very um, hometownish for me, but like, Clay Matthews is out there, and I think that very few draft day gaffes by the Browns annoyed their fandom more than not when he was there and he was available, not drafting Clay Matthews after the incredible Hall of Fame worthy to me career that Clay Matthews too had in Cleveland for years and years. That Clay Matthews is available, they could use a pass rusher. And I don't know why you just don't bring him in for one year. We got those old uniforms coming back, like you mentioned. That's who you model. You virtually model Clay Matthews in your old school Browns uniforms. He goes in there. What do you have, eight sacks last year? I'm not saying he's the same old guy, but he had a pretty solid season, at least the beginning of last year. Just see what, you know, you have to drop $45 million on the guy. So you basically just want to bring him in because he'll look hot in the new uniform? Is that basically what you're getting at here? 
No, because his father played there, and it's like if if like <laughs> if Todd Gastineau were available, you know Todd Gastineau. Not if you could apply. Jets, so it's the same that <laughs> <way> you would. <laughs> you would. But I hold no, I hold no affinity for, for Mark Gastineau. <laughs> don't worry, you have Neville Hewitt. You don't need Todd Gastineau. Wow. Oh, ouch! Hey, not a free agent, but Trent Williams. He's sort of like Jameis Winston to me. I went around the league, all 32 teams, and I'm not seeing a team desperate right now, which seems weird after the last few years. I'm not seeing a team desperate for a 32-year-old left tackle. Um, teams like the Browns, I think, are, are eyeing the draft with a strong tackle class. And to me, the Redskins need Trent Williams more than anyone else does. That's a good one. Jason Peters is out there, too, and he is – 37 years old, turning 38. Feels like a guy he could still play, maybe a, a good short-term guy where you I'll use I'll use my team as an example. They if you're in the market for a left tackle in the draft that you could get a guy like Peters, maybe start the rookie on the right side, and then when it's time he could slide over. He's also injury insurance if no, Peters Jets, gets hurt. Jets have George Fant. What's that? All their problems are settled with George Fant. The Jets have George <laughs> Fant and they're good. Hey, listen. Yeah, yes, you know more about offensive line play than the oh, Joe go. Douglas. Joey Douglas, because Joe Douglas has been making savvy under the radar offensive lineman signings all week, and we don't even need to get it on, into it on the show. But this guy is plugged in, and he knows what he's doing. Look out! Is is uh, Indama Sue still a free agent, or did he resign? Yes. He is. He's on he's the street. Free agent, yeah. This. This is his move. He doesn't sign right away, does he? No. What's his buddy, Lee Iacocca? He's always hanging around. He's been talking to Lee Iacocca, and he's, you know. Lee Iacocca. I forgot about that. (laughs) The Chrysler guy? Yeah, Lee said, hold off. Uh, You could sign always later in the summer at this juncture of your career. All right. Everybody uh, have a nice weekend. Is is it even a weekend anymore? Have weekends ceased? But we don't have to podcast. So yeah, that's, that's a difference. But in terms of days, are days a thing anymore or are days over? Not really. Well, I would say, honestly, I, I will not be uh, doing three and a half hours of math and reading homework with the child tomorrow. I mean, we'll do that's something good. more engaging and fun, I hope. Where will we go? I have no idea. That's good hike. for structure. We'll hike, that's good. Like, I, teach the boy to there. fish. I was, I was asked by uh, Phil Spector, our uh, editor, to put together a post-free agency wave one power rankings and i was thinking to myself you know i have to file it by noon on monday which means should i write do some work today friday because i want to keep the weekend open to spend it with the family it was like all i do is spend time with my family now so i think i will be doing some of that assignment on saturday and sunday so it's kind of essentially flipped everything's inside out now i don't like it i like the way things used to be yeah, we we the city of Los Angeles and our entire state well, you has got, been put on you got your clean air down since we last. You have your uh, nice pure podcast. clean air We're now. Supposed so. to have an NFL now and total access at NFL Network today, and it's all canceled. The entire building is closed. There is no more NFL Network. Out Ricky, of Los Angeles. we have a what's essentially a thriving video NFL analysis show five days a week that we've been doing six days to be uh, mm-hmm. completely accurate. What? How is this not something that? the uh, shadow league figures can just put on television five days a week. You know what? I've, I've been pitching it and that's why I've been doing all these different things with videos. So we are putting out video content. So we appreciate all the shares and likes on Instagram and Twitter and hopefully we'll uh, be used. I mean, come on. 
Not only do we give trenchant analysis with a dash of mirth, we also are doing it every day, and they don't have content. How many times? Like I, sh- I, I checked in on NFL Network right before we came on, and it's uh, Jameis Winston Showcase was the name of it, and they were just playing Jameis <laughs> Winston games. Which, by the way, Jameis Winston is he is he paying NFL Network to essentially advertise his wares? Although I guess showing Winston highlights from last year might not be a great advertisement, but. That Bucks Rams game's underrated. Fifty five. Just put us on the air. We're not even asking for a raise yet. Hey, Mark. Via two minutes. Maybe not the time. Two minutes ago from Tom Pelissero, tight end Seth DeValve has agreed to terms with the Panthers per his agent. Listen, I mean the Panthers, they're in a rebuild and they're looking for superstars of the future, and that is Seth DeValve right there. So I think that is a tremendous landing spot. Uh, for him, and I expect tremendous, huge things. Great. <laughs> that was very Trumpian, by the way. Just say tremendous a lot. Just say huge, and nobody will notice. <laughs> I, I think I topped his press conference from today, actually, based on what. Seriously, I am. You do. All right. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble hearing you, Mark. Maybe this is a good time for us to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Thank you to the audience. Thank you. To you, Ricky, for helping us to do this. A full week of shows done in five different locations. Technology's not so bad. Thanks to my kids for staying Good quiet. Job. Are they still in the house? Are you oh, guys boy. here? Well, let's sign off so you can make sure they're safe. And I, I need to do some dad work now as well. So everybody stay safe. Uh, do what you got to do. Stay inside the house. Don't do anything stupid. Don't go to spring break. I mean, are you kidding me? You're going to spring break, kids? I mean, I get it. It sucks. It's it's screwing your uh, spring break. But are we are we being serious with this? Wes, come on, come down on these kids. <laughs> I can't wait until I have to deal with all that. What a disaster! Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. This uh, this is the Around the NFL podcast presented, of course, by the great people at Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood all across the Southland. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap, fresh, green, Irish, Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.